there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, July 19th, 2021. He is Trislin Happy Cockroft. Kyle Soppy produces and researches, and I am merely Eric Carabao. Fantasy Focus Baseball presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, how are you? Hope you had a nice weekend. What's going on? Oh, indeed. And you got to love baseball resuming. Ah, yes. yes. So let's only go with the good news today. There was no bad news at all. No. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do my best to avoid the bad news. We're just talking fantasy on this show. Obviously, Buster Olney's podcast talks about all the other stuff in baseball, everything. This is about fantasy baseball. We're going to talk about that. So nothing to, oh my goodness, what uh, a scary weekend in a lot of ways in baseball. Um, Let's talk about, well, I don't want to talk about the injuries first, but I guess the injuries are the big story right now to us. And generally with the New York Mets, Francisco Lindor to the injured list, Jacob DeGrom, another injured list stint. So I ask you, which one worries you more? Which one would like to turn to? The sigh encapsulates it all because I hate the fact that this is taking away two of the premium players for fantasy baseball and regular baseball, of course. Um, Lindor's concerns me more just because grade two oblique, we've seen these be more than the three-week timetable we've talked about. I have to imagine this is at least a month. And I know he was having a disappointing season, but he was picking it up a little bit in the more recent weeks. So that's, to me, more known as an extended absence. DeGrom's is variable. DeGrom's could very well be of much greater concern. This pattern of injuries has now gotten kind of out of control. He's had four different injuries this year, and then he's had the additional two late last year. I mean, you got to be worried. I mean, I think with Lindor, even as he was playing better over the past six weeks, he still wasn't a top 10 fantasy shortstop, okay? So when I look at Lindor's injury... I'm not saying I would drop him in an ESPN standard. And I could make the case, but I won't. I still think you keep him around. Like, I I would keep him over, like, Anthony Rendon or Luke Voigt, who I wrote about today. Because I still think Lindor can help a fantasy team. He is still a potential five-category asset. And over the past six weeks, he was hitting, like, 280. So he was doing better uh, with a little bit of pop. He can run a little bit. The DeGrom thing definitely worries me more. I mean, you're right. A pattern of injuries. And even if he comes back in 10 days... How do we not be concerned that another injury to something, a soft tissue injury of some sort to DeGrom is going to crop up again? And I'm not going to assume that this is a forearm. So I'm not going to forearm tightness. You know, when we, when we normally hear that, I mean, that's not an oblique. Okay. That's not like, Oh, I tweaked something in my side. That's, that's a precursor to a major elbow injury in a lot of cases. And maybe it is not in this case, but I would not trade for DeGrom as if he was a top, five starting pitcher for the rest of the season because I am worried about volume and the Mets don't have a big lead in the division. They can't afford to be patient with him, you know? So I, I, I think DeGrom scares me much, much more. He's uh, for fantasy purposes. DeGrom's locked to his team. I'm with you. You, you not only can you, do you not want to trade for You can't, the, the asking price is going to be what it was before when he was healthy understandably if you have him, and there's too much risk that you don't want to pay that amount in the first place. I, to me, I, I, they're hard to contrast against one another. For me, I would be more apt to let Lindor go if I'm in an in injured list spots numbers game in the ESPN Standard League, where it's very limited on the bench and on the injured list spots. I, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with doing that because DeGrom, he is too important for fantasy when he is healthy. But I, I, I totally see your point. The forearm problem is, is this something that came up from dealing with the other injuries, being less than 100%? He already mentioned just yesterday that the shoulder issues he had were when he was batting. 
So did this come up because he was compensating for that? I mean, we've talked to Stefania before about when you compensate for one injury, you can develop a more serious one. And yeah, forearm. How many times? We, how many players have we talked about who've had forearm problems like this and we, we panic over Tommy John surgery and a lot of them have gone for it? He's been throwing harder. Uh, I... I don't know. I, and I, I said I'm before that I wanted to be positive. I, I want to as well. But whenever a player, a pitcher is throwing 100 miles per hour, I mean, it seems to be you can tie that to future injury when they throw too hard. So be careful here on DeGrom and Lindor. Um, let's move on to some other stuff that's happening. Atlanta picks up Jock Peterson for a minor leaguer. Um, I say this a lot on shows. I don't mean it in a flippant way, but for fantasy, do you care that Jock Peterson's on Atlanta? I, I feel better about it because I think the lineup will remain stronger in the final two months. I do think the Cubs are sellers. So the, the lineup would have weakened. It would have hurt his runs in RBI. Beyond that, I don't see really any val- any change in value from the first four months to the final two. All right. Let's get to some other stuff here. Happier stuff. Uh, David Fletcher. I don't think we've ever talked about him on the show this season. Just had a 26-game We did. He was, he was that bad in May. Yeah, we did. Remember when I told you I was trading? I traded for him. And yeah. I, I admitted that I didn't realize how bad he was hitting. I yeah. want to go back now and see what he was hitting. What Like, what is he hitting for my team in the league where I traded for him? And I gave up nothing to get him. But are you interested in players like this, of this ilk, um, who don't offer anything in the power or speed department, but, but as soon as David Fletcher became the Angels' leadoff hitter, he started getting two and three hits a night. Now he's up to 313 on the season, and he hit 319 last year. So I don't think that's all fluky. Dave Fletcher yeah. kind of is what he is, and there's a lot of value in that. He's batting like 400 over the past month. 446 in July alone. Yeah, 344 in June, 258 in May, 264 in April. They dropped him down to ninth in the order when he was struggling. I remember that in the May period because I was putting that that in for the lineup stuff for the forecaster. He was just – he was really struggling. I I typically don't roster players like this. They're the kinds that I'm very content with getting because of the flexibility and they they can't hurt you kind of factor. But I don't pay the premium to get them. If they land in my lap in drafts, I go ahead and take them. And I remember the, the trade you made for him was perfectly reasonable. If that's the price, then then sign me up. But th- there's no pop whatsoever. It's a lot of empty batting average. So you're saying don't buy in now? No. Although he, he could hit 440 over the next three weeks, too. You know that. <laughs> I'm just letting you just know. Just as anyone could, good luck can fall in your favor, but that is all he's going to give you. I mean, 440, and, and he's got two homers for the year. They both come in July. I mean, how many homers is he hitting the rest of the year? One? Uh, not many. Um, <laughs> are you interested in his teammate Brandon Marsh, the young kid who got called up before Joe Odell this season? And Marsh yeah. started in center field and batted seventh on Sunday. And I presume they're going to let him do that for a little while longer until Trout comes back. Um, but, you know, we, we, we'll get to Jaron Duran in a second. I'll ask you, Marsh or Duran, who would you rather have in fantasy? Yeah, that it, it's a good question because before the year, I would have been more optimistic about Marsh. And now I'm more optimistic about Duran because the adjustments he's made have led to something potentially great. I'm going to go for the slightly better pop now in Duran's game of these two. But, you know, you don't call up Marsh to sit on the bench. And I, I think they're going to make a commitment to him. He's certainly worth an ad in other leagues if you've got the the second spot to add him after Duran. I assume you got to see Duran's at, bat, at bats at Yankee Stadium this weekend. He batted sixth and seventh and played center field. And they moved Enrique Hernandez, who's been an elite defender in center. They moved him back to the infield. He played second on Sunday Night Baseball. Um 
I, I think these are two rookies who are probably going to go through some growing pains like, like most prospects do. So yes. I'd be a little bit careful here in fantasy. I mean, Duran is the most added player in ESPN leagues, and I can't say that he shouldn't be. But are you adding him over Jared Kelnick, who has already had his growing pains? Are you adding Duran and Kelnick over J.D. Davis, who had a nice weekend, is healthy now. We know he has power. Luis Orius, we know he has power. That's a 20-plus home run bat playing through three infield positions from Milwaukee. Are you really, Are you adding the art of the unknown for guys who are more known? I probably would in this case. Kelnick, yes. I probably would in this case. You can Why? Don't we the- think Kelnick's a better prospect than Duran? We we do. So why would you add Duran over Kelnick? No, I didn't say that. I said I'd add Kelnick. Kelnick oh. in a second over Duran. Um I th- I think I think there's a, a, a good step in between these two players in terms of the skill sets. Uh would I add them ahead of the other players you mentioned? Uh, Luis Arias, uh the Oh, gosh. J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis, yes. I would uh, add him over Davis and Arias. Uh, Duran and Arias would be an interesting comp to me because Duran, the way they used him this weekend, was strictly platoon. I don't think they can and or I don't think they should and will use him that way. He hit lefties fine in the minors. He had his entire professional career. Arias is another guy who I think still leans towards platoon, and he's on the bad side of it. He'll play against the lefties. So I probably w- would lean Duran over him as well. I probably would go Kelnick, Duran, Arias. Duran, Arias are very close, and then I'd put Davis at the bottom of that. Uh, weekend results. Uh, Jay Cronenworth hit for the cycle. That's pretty interesting. Washington scored three touchdowns in the first game of that series. Um, we don't talk about field Jay- goal. Don't don't short them the field goal. <laughs> I would never. Um, so, <laughs> um. What do you think of Jay Cronenworth here? Because he, he bats third every day for San Diego, and he does it even against lefties. He's a left-handed hitter. Older rookie uh, a couple years ago, or maybe even last year. And he his numbers, he's surprising me. Uh, because I didn't think he would hit lefties this well. And he's doing just fine. He's on his way to like a 22-homer season with 100 runs, and he's batting 280. Not a, not a base dealer, but even splits. And again, that cycle, that, that, that gets him noticed. This isn't David Fletcher. He's got some pop. And right. I, I think it's interesting. They sit like Hosmer and sometimes they sit Will Myers in platoon situations. They don't sit Cronenworth ever. Yeah. You, you made my exact point bringing Fletcher into this conversation is that at the beginning of the year, there might've been a discussion about contact oriented batting average guys who don't add a lot of pop. But to me, yes, Cronenworth's pop is superior to Fletcher's. It's not elite, but it's good enough to drive. And he's got the position flexibility to your point about the lefties. They're giving him some good commitments as a, a starting assignments in high lineup spots against left-handed pitchers. So I like that a lot. I, I do think he's a very underrated player. And of course, Cronenworth is that player you got a you know for a song in that sim league, which that pickup's turning out to be pretty good. Oh, I, I drafted him. I used the draft pick on him. I didn't trade for. Oh, him. that's yeah, that's right. The way you got him, I remember he was. He, I, I, he won the batting title in AAA. It wasn't yeah. a reach, and I took him late in our draft. And now, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not enjoying his 2020 season in the sim this year, but I will enjoy it next year, his 2021 season. Yeah. Uh, inside joke. Um. Anyway, uh, Willie Adamas. I want to ask you about him again. We don't talk about him very much. Do you know what he's doing as a Brewer? He's batting 314 with a 976 OPS in 51 games. It's not a small sample. 11 home yeah. runs. They bat him like third or fourth in the lineup every day now, partly because of need, because Kesson Hura is unplayable. Yeah. But why are people still rostering Hura? And why isn't Adamas rostered in every league? That's a good question. Um, 
And I think that for Hura, it's just the the promise that he showed two years ago. Everybody's expecting that he's going to be a not necessarily a contender for the home run crown, but that he's got that thirty five plus home run pop. And you're right, he hasn't shown it at all to me. He's got some major issues with contact. He's kind of struggled with plate discipline. And Adamus has been kind of boringly consistent. Certainly, somebody who should be rostered in all fantasy leagues. And as much as I hate to lean on this because it's what the it's what the reporters would do. Everybody talks about the intangibles for Adamas in Milwaukee. To me, it's simply he's one of the few guys on a team that goes mix and match who has a committed role. And I like that a lot. He's going to fuel numbers. He's going to be easily in your roster in 12-team mixed leagues every day, certainly in NL-only leagues. Those guys are very underrated. You're dropping Luke Voigt. Dropping? I said yes. That's what I wrote today. I don't want to give away the entire plot. Well, you mentioned before uh, comparing him against Lindor. I would be dropping Voight first. By the way, this one this one took me at completely by surprise, uh, dropping him onto the injured list right before the, the weekend game started. I did not see that coming. And that's now the third injured list stint for the year, I believe, for him. Yeah, I mean, him and Rendon and Sonny Gray each have three injured list stints, and mm-hmm. I, I, I've i got Rendon in the league. I, I, I would trade him for, I don't want to say just about anything, but this is not a top 100 player the rest of the season. Some seasons are just lost seasons. And yeah. for Voight, and for Rendon, and for Mustakis and others I named today, maybe Glaber, yeah. although he had a nice weekend. I, I just, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. Are you, I'm expecting. Are, you, are you a little bit more of a believer in Torres now? I'm, I'm struggling with this question. Should I be? Because I didn't watch the Saturday game, but should I be believing now that Glaber Torres can hit, say, 12 home runs the rest of the season? He's got five in four months. Yeah, you, you, 12 home runs, yeah, you probably should. I'm not 100% confident in that, but I, I think that's reasonable. I, I think he should certainly be rostered universally. I, I don't think one weekend's worth of improved production. And there, yes, there was a little bit before that. I don't think that that cures everything that ailed him over the first two months. All right. Well, this is uh, what cures a lot of ales in the fantasy community. It's when Tristan sings, it's time for the combo meals. <laughs> hey, it's a combo meal. Do, 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 do. Combo. Combo, it's a combo meal, home run plus steal. I mean, let's not forget. This is why people are listening to the show. Uh, By the way, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) these players were making moves last week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports Friday. Freddie Freeman, Tommy Pham. They're rostered everywhere. Pham had a nice weekend. A lot of Padres did on the field. Uh, And and, and, and they – they did well off the field as well. There's some of these Padres. Sunday, Ryan Lamar, not Headley Lamar, Ryan Lamar, Bradley. Ryan Lamar, Lamar, hit it far. <laughs> Will Smith, not the pitcher, and Charlie Blackman <laughs> all had combo meals. Uh, Charlie Blackman, that was a walk-off homer in his combo meal, which is a little bit better than a normal combo meal, of course. Um, I, I don't think you're going to say much about Ryan Lamar here, but let me ask you about Bra- And that Bradley. was not the call. That was not the Sterling call. I'm making it up. Everybody thinks that's what it was going to be. Although, I mean, <laughs> I guess I should ask you about Lamar because somebody yeah. has to play the outfield for your team. Yeah. And, you know, the Yankees outfield was like Greg Allen and and like... Tim uh, LaCastro, Tilly Torres, ACL. Yeah, There's a shortstop playing outfield. I mean, like you, you don't have outfielders. And the rumor is Giancarlo Stan is going to move to the outfield this week. And what, I, I got to be honest, when I first saw that report, I was like, ooh, I don't think that's what Stanton fantasy managers want. Yes, it'd be nice to have outfield eligibility for 2022, but can he stay healthy? So are you optimistic 
then John Carlos Stanton can continue to play regularly if he has to play outfield. No, and I'm not sure it matters. And you're right that fantasy managers are asking that question and are concerned. Does it really matter? There was actually a great, I forget which one of the New York papers it was, a, a great opinion piece on playing him in the outfield over the past week or so. And it raised the issue that he's an injury risk any way you look at it. DH or outfield. So why don't you maximize the uh, utility of him, put him in the outfield, and then throw in anybody on a day off at DH. You'd improve your lineup that way. I agree with that. And for fantasy, by the way, there is the benefit that if he gets the 10 games in the outfield, you can use him there instead of locking into your, your DH spot. And there have been league situations I've watched where the people who have Stanton could benefit quite a bit from that. Stanton is DH only right now? Stanton is DH only. DH only. Last I checked, yeah. Okay. There you go. Got, I don't think he's got the 10 games this year. I don't think he's played an inning in the outfield. I don't, Not think, any he I've has, seen. I don't think he <laughs> has either. Um, Bradley Zimmer of Cleveland. Um, any interest here? He's got six stolen bases, a little bit of pop in the past. The injuries have obviously been a problem and derailed his career, but he's playing well now and he's going to keep playing because Cleveland needs outfitters as well. Right. It, it's opportunity. And that's really all I can give you. By the way, you want to talk injury risks. He has had some of the biggest issues with that over the past couple of years. I'd say that's, you know, a speculative ale only ad right now. All right. Time to speculate on what you're going to sing next. It's about the relief pitchers. Get to it. It's the closer carousel. You sing with such joy, moving your fingers around and dancing. It's, 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 it's really nice. It's nice to see. We, we, we <laughs> I need a video thumbs and of kicks. It's all Elaine Bennis, right? <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, all right, closers. What is interesting to us this weekend? Obviously, Craig Kimbrell is going to get dealt, we assume. Chicago admitting now the Cubs that they're going to trade away some of the, their higher-priced players. Uh, Rizzo, Bryant, Contreras, Kimbrell. I don't know why they'd keep Kimbrell around. Um, but I'm assuming that wherever Kimbrell goes, he closes. Um, should we assume that? Like, if Would you trade for Kimbrell over the next 12 days assuming that wherever the Cubs send him, he will get saves. Because I look at the contenders right now, and I think I wrote this last week, like how many contenders really need a closer right now? You know, like who's like Boston's not replacing their closer. Tampa Bay doesn't really have a closer. And Tampa Bay's not training for Kimbrell. Um, I guess Toronto could. White Sox have a closer. Very expensive Toronto one. certainly could. Toronto certainly could. That would they be could. one of the ones. Um, Houston, I mean, I guess Presley would set up Kimbrel, but I, you know, I don't know. Um, Matt's Edwin Diaz had a, a rough weekend or a rough inning. Um, yeah. Milwaukee's fine. Giants, Dodgers, Padres. I guess the Padres could re- reacquire Kimbrel and move Melanson to a setup, but I don't see that happening. If the Dodgers got him, they wouldn't close. So that's like the Dodgers might be the one other than, as you said, the Red Sox, I, I think those are the only two where he really would not close. I think there's a little bit of question with everybody uh, else. Milwaukee's going to let him over Hader and the Mets have Diaz, Presley. I mean, Liam Hendricks. I I see very few, few situations here. You're right about Toronto, but I don't know if I would trade for Atlanta right now. Atlanta, Atlanta probably Atlanta would, would definitely let him close. Um, it's going to be interesting That's, what Atlanta does. Yeah. Kimbrell might be the trickiest of the trade candidate closers, and I agree with you. I think it's pretty likely he gets dealt because of the expiring contract coming up. What would be his role elsewhere? And and it could end up being Giants-esque or Twins-esque or whichever word is a direct partnership between two players, and that would deplete the fantasy value for Kimbrell. By the way, did you notice the weekend? Weekend was not 
great news for the trade candidate closers. A lot of those guys had a bad outing here or there. Well, I mean, you say a lot of those guys, but other than Kimbrell and Richard Rodriguez, who who is a actual trade a contending closer? Taylor like, Rogers. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay, I could see that. And Devin, well, I, I, I don't. Yimmy Garcia, I don't know what Miami's getting for him anyway. But Anthony Bender pitched like the fifth inning of one of the games in Philadelphia, and he pitched poorly. Yeah. So I'm off the Anthony Bender bandwagon. That's that's all it takes is one weekend. Um, yeah. Walking I just, Soria had a bad outing too. There, there's a there's a few guys like that who who did. Then he had a good outing. Them. He had a good outing Sunday and saved the game. And he was yep. added in one of my deep leagues today already. And I thought about it. and I'm like, really, I'm going to add Joaquin Soria. Um, so I didn't do it. Hector Neris got the save on Sunday for Philadelphia, but Ranger Suarez probably wasn't available, but I don't want to reinvest in Hector Neris. He's not that good. You know, none of them are. Yeah. I don't think any of them are that good. I think if Philly's serious about making a run in this division and there is an opportunity now, they need somebody, they need Kimbrell. They they have nothing to trade. They have nobody in the minor leagues to trade for anything right now. So I, I just don't see that happening. Um, what else in the – so any concerns about Edwin Diaz? That's bad. Jacob Stallings sort of walk-off slam. Um, you know, he didn't get pounded before that. Like I, I watched some of these outings, and I think – like Emmanuel Clause, I was watching Cleveland Open over the weekend. I forgot which night it was. And, you know, he gives up an opposite field single, and then Jed Lowry just barrels one up and hits it over the fence, and that's the game. Clause was isn't bad. He pitched the next day, pitched fine, set up Korinchak. I just – I was watching, and you think – Okay, closer blows a save. It doesn't really mean he was bad. Sometimes he gets you know nickel and dimed, you know, on these little bloopers and stuff, and, yeah. and that's how it is. Like Zach Wheeler got nickel and dimed in one of his recent starts. He didn't get pounded. He just you know was like, all right. Anyway, I, I is there anything else in the closer world that you we, you think we should discuss? Seattle, maybe. I still think we know what's happening there. Sewell is behind Graveman, but you know Graveman Graveman couldn't close. Graveman is outing. Graveman's a great example. He was not pounded yeah. in that outing on Friday, but Sewell right. had to come in because he had thrown like 30 pitches. What was the right. one you were Sewell, mentioning? Sewell had a, a, a shaky outing in one of those games, if I he recall. He did, yeah. Um, it was a non-safe situation, I think. Right, and, and I th- that's another one where I could see it morphing a little bit into a partnership. We'll see how that that plays out if they try and shop either player. I don't know that that's likely. Diaz uh, Diaz falls into that. He, he does occasionally he just have bad days. He had a couple of them last year, and they happened at the wrong time, the beginning of the year. That's how he lost his closer job. Classe, by the way, you know, our, our resident uh, Cleveland baseball team fan, Keith Lipscomb, and I talk a lot about the Cleveland bullpen. Classe say we were mentioning that he's he's a little he reminds me a lot of the Andy Pettit days early in his career where there's some days he comes in and he just simply doesn't have it he's got electric stuff and some days every once in a while he just doesn't and that's that's just baseball for you you don't know beforehand you have to start him in fantasy without having any idea and then after the first batter you know it you see it he doesn't have it I mean, honestly, listeners to this show know some days I come in and I don't have it on the show. So I think it goes for any walk of life. You're not alone on that. Don't worry. I've had my stinker shows too. Uh, by the way, Edwin Diaz, that was the first home run he's permitted all season. And he only allowed two last year. So he gave up 15 of them in 2019 when he became a Met. He, he had two bad fine. outings last year. He had two bad outings that, that came ruined back, his back ERA. a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it ruined. He had a 1.75 ERA, but like... He's still it ruined his, good. It ruined his year. He lost his closer job because of that. If it was not that time of year, if they happen around September 1st, he keeps his closer job, has tons of saves. All right. Let's move on now. Take a look at the schedule here. Uh, first game on Monday is the first of uh, that's a doubleheader, Minnesota at yes. the White Sox. Uh, Griffin Jacks, who I don't know much about, against Lance Lynn, who has a signed new contract to stay 
in the White Sox. Uh, so 5, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Um, ESPN Plus has Miami and Washington. Uh, no pitchers are listed as of now. Uh, ESPN 8 p.m. has the Cubs. Lester for the Nationals. Who you don't want, even against Miami. Nope. I, I'm even not... with the two starts. It's Miami and Baltimore. Even without that, I can. I have the opportunity and no way. Yeah, I say no way as well. I mean, uh, it's one thing that, like, if you're chasing innings and, and potential wins, all right, maybe Lester gets a win, maybe two. But man, he he doesn't even go deep into these games. He's not. That's he's not good. Not, he hasn't been good in a long not time. Quality, that's not quality chasing of wins and in innings because he doesn't give you innings. He hasn't been pitching well at all. Um, I want to see what Zach Greinke does against Cleveland. It's a good matchup for him, but he clearly something was wrong with him. Was it a back injury with Greinke? Um, where he either missed his last start or he left it early, and uh, that might have been against the Yankees, right? So, yeah. um, it's shoulder actually. And they weren't promising him the start until late last night, and it does give him a two-start week. Home games, Cleveland, Texas. Which is fantastic. You can't do a yes. whole lot better than that. Texas's lineup, they didn't even score yesterday in a doubleheader against Toronto. So I will activate Granke in my league. I never deactivated him. Um, right. Who else is of interest here to me that you might be able to pick up today? JC Messia at Houston, no. Mejia, no. Definitely no. Um no way. Cole Irvin must be rostered everywhere by now. I guess Caleb Smith of Arizona might be available in a lot of leagues. He's at home against Pittsburgh. He's a strikeout guy. Um, are you interested in Caleb Smith? Um, I'm not sure who else. Pavetta. He got hammered his last outing, but otherwise has been pretty decent. And in this case, it's a home Pittsburgh game. And if you're going for the two start in the weeklies, it's at Cubs next. On the 25th, close to the deadline, they could have depleted some of their offense a bit. I'm the yes on Caleb Smith. Uh, what about we talked about we've talked about Nick Pavetta way too much, but I don't, I don't, we, we don't talk about Ross Stripling all that much. He's in Buffalo tonight against the Red Sox. So is Ross Stripling of interest to you? Boston's lineup is very good, but they didn't look very good against the Yankees this weekend. He is of interest. I don't want him for this matchup. It's I mean, look, Toronto pitched well as a team during the weekend back in Buffalo. I, I don't think it's a great ballpark situation to be facing that lineup. I'd rather have the Mets game on the road next uh, or on Sunday. Tuesday, there's afternoon action at 3.30. Angels in Oakland. James Caprellian, breakout performer for Oakland this season, is uh, is there. Um, what else is happening early in the day? Aaron Nola returns from an injury list that didn't need to be. He's at the Yankees. Um, you got to use him, but not having a great season. Um, Alec Manoa against Garrett Richards. So Manoa has been interesting. Again, this is against Boston. Yeah. Um, are you So McClanahan against Baltimore, that's a can't miss. You got to use him there. Yep. Manoa, are you using him against Boston? It's another case I of I really would rather not, and here's the bad news for him. He's not as lucky as to have the uh, safety net of pitching in New York against the Mets next. He gets at Boston for the next outing. So no, I'm, I, he's on my he's on the shelf for me or on the bench for the first two starts of the second half. Uh, I would go with Tyler Anderson if you're uh, if you're streaming at Arizona. Uh, yep. Always anybody against Arizona, home or road. ESPN Plus has Tristan McKenzie spelled wrong against uh, at Houston against Luis Garcia. <laughs> right? I mean, you spell it correctly yeah. and he spells it wrong. Not his See, fault, of course. He didn't name yeah, himself. What, but, you know. what happened is when he wrote it down on the birth certificate, they didn't put the tail on that, or at least the tail kind of blended into the O. Maybe you're spelled wrong. Maybe you should change your name to Trist On instead of Trist Ann. <laughs> That's not the way it was in the original play. Come on, man. <laughs> we get now, Eric with a K on next podcast. Well, there are people, there's a guy on my softball team, Eric, with a K. Now, Kyle, nobody can spell your name differently, right? I mean, there's no, no other way to spell Kyle, but me and Daryl Kyle yeah. was I-L-E, right? K- it was the last name, but. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
It was. Also, I'm sure it, I'm sure somebody's come up with K Y E L for it at some point. Kylie? Maybe. Kylie K Y L E E I've seen. Has anybody ever yeah. called you Kylie? Kile is what uh, my wife, <laughs> my sister-in-law calls me. Kile. Kile. All right. I, I think I might adopt that. That's interesting. Yeah, go for it. Uh, all right. Uh, and then we move on to Wednesday's slate. Oh, early day games at noon Eastern time. So get the get your action in there early. Michael Waka 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 at home against the Orioles. That seems like I don't know. I don't know if he's going six innings, but it should be decent innings when <laughs> however long he lasts. You want uh, him really? No, I don't. But if it's you're streaming, matchup. you're right. I feel like you can do worse here. That's my point. You could, but it's in the. I generally the I'm, friendly I'm, park against Baltimore. I can't yeah. say I'm doing a whole lot of streaming. You know, like early in a week, I do it more on Saturday and Sunday when I know what I need in head-to-head formats. You know, on a Sunday I, afternoon, yeah, I would use Rock against Baltimore. On a Wednesday, I probably would anyway. I I actually am finding that the Tuesday and Wednesday slates are are holding the better streaming options for this week. They're not falling on the Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, the one by the way we didn't mention who does fall on a Saturday is Kyle Muller coming back to the Braves today. Yeah, you wrote about him on Monday. Um, uh, you're interested. You you like Kyle Muller right now? Missing bats. I I am very surprised at how much he is doing that. All right, well, missing bats is definitely a good thing. Seems like we should have a bat company like on our podcast or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you trust Madison Bumgarner at home against Pittsburgh? Trust being the operative word. Yeah. B- b- because well yeah trust no probably not i i think i would start him in a home game against pittsburgh so would you Brandon, rather they hit walker? taiwan walker um where's Ty- taiwan walker's pitching on wednesday no 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 they just they the pirates you know he, he threw the ball uh, into the stands uh, on a fair ball right i mean it wasn't a good outing before that but he probably no, wasn't leaving but, the game if he hadn't no. got that play right. but but that was not a good first inning from by i mean yes put putting aside the fact there were reasons for it. He did not pitch that well either in the first inning. I think Bumgarner's no, a start here. Over Waka against Baltimore. I actually probably would take Waka because I think he goes deeper. All right. Well, how about you? Him. What should you take? Uh, I would take Waka because, I mean, we just saw what Pittsburgh did. <laughs> they they can score runs. They can blow leads, but they can mm-hmm. score some runs. I mean, yeah. if you look at the top of Pittsburgh's lineup, I mean, Frazier's on base all the time with hits. Brian Hayes is really good. Brian Reynolds is a legit all-star. Brian Reynolds, I mean, we never gave him credit for his 2019 season because last year was bad. And we all thought that was the normal. But but yeah. Brian Reynolds is really does. good. That's a good, guy. Yes. Who am I want to compare him to? I mean, that's a guy who's going to bat like 290 every year and hit 25 home runs. You know, and in Pittsburgh, he'll new, knock in runs. Is he the new Michael Brantley, a guy who wasn't truly appreciated for the greatness early in his career? He could be. I mean, I'm trying to think of a switch hitter who does what I think he sh- who who he does. Um, hmm. I don't think Reynolds has the same type of. I mean, Brantley. When I think of Brantley, I think you know more walks and strikeouts. I don't think yeah. Brian Reynolds is doing that. But I'm trying right, to think right. of a switch hitter with pop like Brian Reynolds who takes enough walks and he's batted 300 in his two two of his three seasons so far. Bernie Williams. <laughs> you know what? That's not terrible. That's not terrible because Bernie Williams like wasn't a 30 home run guy. And if he was, he shouldn't, you know, like he was, he was kind of a 30, more like 25, I'd say on an annual basis. I don't think he would have been today. I don't think of Bernie Williams as a home run hitter, but you know what, Brian Reynolds, that's not a terrible cop. Now he's not as good a center fielder, but he's forced to play there because they don't have anybody else, but that's not a terrible comp, you know? 
a switch maybe, maybe, maybe he does have similar defense to bernie's later years of his career who knows <laughs> man i have tried to trade for brian reynolds in a league that you and i share and we only share like one now so you know which league it is and that guy mm-hmm. just will not reply to me at all i don't think he listens mm-hmm. moving on time for kyle to come in now trivia and hash browns kyle what have you got here we got a trivia question here. Since the All-Star break of 2019, I want you to name for me the middle infielder that leads all middle infielders in extra base hits. So we're talking since I got July. one guess on that one. I got one guess too. Well, one guess one. All well, no, I have, get it right. I'm sure I can guess more than one guy, but it's a guy that jumps out to me. Right, same here. <laughs> oh boy, which means you guys normally get that right. We'll come back to see you kill my trivia in a minute. We got hash browns here. Joe wants to know which pitcher currently on his IL would you most likely or more aptly try to move on from? Bieber, Savali, Kershaw. Well, Savali doesn't belong in that threesome, um, but I don't know when Bieber's coming back. And the fact that I haven't heard anything, any updates is really concerning me because I've got shares in a lot of different places on Shane Bieber. And I can't even remember the last update. Still not throwing according to MLB.com. Over then the he's behind Savali. Right. But if, if, if Savali, even if Savali makes more starts, wouldn't you still want to invest in Bieber or is Bieber, is Bieber done? I don't think he's done. The, the, the major concern is that if Cleveland slips further in this race, then there is the shutdown for the year possibility. I mean, you mentioned Cleveland, that plenty of times. Cleveland is is eight games out of first place. They're they're not winning that division. And no, it's wild card. It was always wild card, I think, for them. And the second wild card right now is Oakland, and they're six behind. No, not six behind, but they're not close. I don't know. I I I feel like Cleveland. They're a game in the loss column. Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to get a, a bad vibe here on Bieber, um, but I think Savali is. If you have to move on, I, I understand Savali is going to be back soon, and I think Kershaw's back. I mean, did he have a he, he had a, uh, a mishap this weekend, or he did he's not on target to come back soon? I don't know. They were tossing Kershaw, around yeah. August as a return date possible for Kershaw. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, they ruled him out pretty much for this week. It's like Kyle said, it's probably August. All right. Well, I mean, Savali to me is one of those guys who, last I checked, his FIP was a, a, a full run higher than his ERA. That doesn't have to normalize over six months. But it generally does. He doesn't have can't miss stuff, and his his hit rate was really far below the, what it should have been. Again, I haven't looked in the last week or two, but Aaron Savali is not like a dominant starting pitcher. He, no. He's a, he, he gives up hits, and he's not so far. That could be because of the defense behind him, or he's just getting lucky. I think it's a good time to sell. You may not want to drop him, but if you could trade Savali for something else of interest, I would do that now. Yeah, I. I... I don't know if you're going to get much. I mean, the moving on just means, I assume, dropping. I, I can't don't imagine. Don't you think you could drop? Don't you think you could drop Aaron Savali and not get burned yes. by that, though? That, yeah, that's my point. It is very likely at least two more weeks. I mean, he's only just resumed throwing. And, I mean, he will need a rehab, rehab assignment. It's going to be a minimum month full absence. Definitely needs a rehab stint. I mean, you're getting, at best, you get six decent months or uh, months, weeks out of him. I'm yeah, with you. I, I'm with you. All right, next. John is curious about Francisco Lindor's dynasty value right now. Tristan's got him at 33 in his most recent dynasty ranks. Is now the time to try to buy basement level? 
I thought that was a generous ranking because I don't think he's a base stealer and I don't want to read into his early start start with the Mets, but what if he just settles in as like a 15 homer five steal guy who bats 280 and scores runs? I don't know if I I don't know if Lindor is a lot more than that. I know that sounds crazy, you know, based on what we thought going into the season, but and you know, maybe switching leagues has been a problem for him, you know, new pitchers and all that. I don't know. I I just I don't see Lindor ever being going back to 30 home runs and 20 steals, do you? I think he can't. I just why wouldn't he? He did it 3 years in a row in Cleveland and then you know, last year it looks like he was pacing pretty close to it in terms of the power department. I still think he could be that – maybe 25 homers is more realistic. I think he could get back to, to 280 and 30 home runs. The thing I like about him is just 28 in November, he's still got a few years left of the, the prime. But your point about steals is well taken. I think that's the big concern for a dynasty league is that if he does stop stealing bases in the double digits and he'll get there this year, that – well – He'll probably get there this year. But if that drops down to eight. Hmm. I don't want to overrate him because he's a shortstop because shortstop is not shallow. So I don't know. I, I think of him more as like in the fifties or sixties for ranking for, for dynasty and for the rest of the season, he's, he's lower than that. Cause he's probably going to miss half of the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, he'd suffer probably a, a 15 spot drop. Just on this alone. I feel like he's the shortstop equivalent of Goldschmidt right now. People are expecting numbers of the past and they're not they're not likely to get them. And not only just the stolen bases. I just you know, Goldschmidt's fine, but Goldschmidt's not what he was. He's not a top forty player anymore. And I view Lindor as rep takes him in these ADPs more than the actual numbers. Is that unfair? I, not totally. And and this is the only thing is there's six years difference in age. That's pretty substantial to me. I, I see your point about the the the, the curve, uh, you know, the career curve. But Lindor has a lot of time to straighten this out. I don't think Goldschmidt does. Okay. Next. But I just with that conversation, Anthony Rizzo comes up in my mind as somebody that's struggling. Do you think now is the time to acquire Rizzo in redraft, understanding that he'll probably be dealt and he's probably not going to be worse than he currently is? Well, I mean, I think the question I would ask is why wouldn't he be worse? He was worse last season. Um, what is Anthony Rizzo at this point? You know, he's a guy who could, he still has good plate discipline, but when I last I looked at his like his hard hit rate and exit velocity, I wasn't all that impressed. So I, I view Anthony Rizzo as like a 260, 265 guy who has 25 home runs, and that's just not great. You know, I mean, like better than, I what, Josh, he's been. Better than what he's been, but like, I don't think, I don't think a Castellanos effect is coming when Rizzo gets traded. Like when we get that monster second half. I just don't see that happening. You think his problems are because of the malaise around him on the on the Cubs, Tristan? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's it either. I don't think it's a Castellanos ceiling. I think it could be a rebound to, gosh, out of these years, what am I looking for? It's not the you know MVP caliber ones. It's probably an average between the 2018 and 19 is what you're hoping for. I mean, we'll get to the Cubs when they trade other players. You know, Chris Bryant, we talked about him, I think, on the last show, and Contreras. Um, I don't know. Moving on doesn't automatically mean they're going to get better to me. The the only thing I'm really concerned here is you guys have now brought in two guys who just really don't comp in terms of the career points to Lindor. So I I just want to make sure the listeners don't misinterpret what we're saying here. 
Like Rizzo's 31. Lindor's 27. He'll be 28 in November. That's fair. No, I think that's fair. It's hard to come up with a switch hitting shortstop who had yeah. numbers like he did in the past. I mean, Glaber is not a switch hitter and he doesn't have right. the same numbers. He didn't run. Um, I, I don't see a, a natural comp here for, I, I think for him you, at you, all. You raised this point in the preseason. It was really spot on based on what Lindor's done this year. And that is if he does hit 15 home runs and steals eight bases, and that's what he is at this position, rich in talent going forward. That is a major problem. Well, I hope he does better, and I hope he plays a lot this season, but I'm a little bit concerned that he his name overrates him. Okay. Yep, with you there. Last one comes from Brandon. He wants to know if the juice has been squeezed on Jesse Winker. Brutal start to July. Can he run through the rest of the season, or is what we saw in the first three months going to return? Uh, I hate that, you know, because I really like Jesse Winker, but uh, yes. It's been ugly. It's yeah. it's uh, 156 over the past three weeks with one home run, and um, that's not helpful. Oh, and awful against lefties. Awful. He's back down to all. He wasn't this bad a month ago when I wrote about him and Castellanos together. But, yes, yeah. he needs to be platooned. I mean, kill, uh, over 1,000 OPS against right-handers and 509 against lefties. I can't, I can't imagine if there's any regular player right now with a 500-point difference in OPS against lefties and righties. So Winker really needs to be in an Aristides Aquino platoon, but Cincinnati Cincinnati's not sitting him against lefties. They really should. That would help fantasy too. Um, yeah, really, concerned. Got to be concerned. I'd, I'd really like to split the chase rate numbers. That's something that's pretty key to Winker's success. It is up for the year, and I think that's higher than it was. So I wonder whether he is swinging at a lot more bad pitches. By the way, the hard contact rate has plummeted, plummeted during this cold spell. Yeah, this is something to watch. I hate to say it, but yeah, this I, you don't drop him, but you don't trade for him now. Well, the, it's 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 the juice squeezing question. The problem with this is that it was so lengthy uh, a period of success that it doesn't quite qualify as the orange juicing. I don't know. Yeah, what's, what's the time period on juicing? Like six weeks? Usually about that. Yeah. You're, you're the juicer expert true. on this show. So <laughs> sir, sir I, juice. Yeah. I, I think what's going to happen is he's going to correct forward, but it's not going to be at the level he was in April and May. So I'm with you. I think you need to be patient, preferably with him on the bench. Give me Winker's numbers. To roll. 2022. Is this a 280 homer, 30 homer guy? I'd say I don't think about. I don't think it's going to be thirty homers. I think he's a two eighty and twenty to twenty five. Like the reason you want him is the sabermetric leagues. This is Eddie Rosario. No, Rosario's like the opposite of him. Rosario doesn't isn't patient at all, and he hits for more power. Not this year. He's in single digits well, still. I know. I'm, I'm I'm talking in terms of the the general skill set. All right. He's a fly ball guy. Winker's ground ball oriented line drives. All right, is that it, Kyle? That's all we got for questions. Remember, always tweet me the questions the night before. We'll get those out there and, you know, let the experts help you win your league. Let's see how they do with trivia. Since the All-Star break 2019, who leads all middle infielders in extra base hits? You both have a guess. I want Tristan's first because Eric always gets it right. Oh, man, you don't want to go with the guy who's been money on trivia answers? No, I want to give you the chance to shine. I, I bet we don't even have the same name in mind. We probably don't, but the first guy I think of is Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette is not correct. Mm. Yeah, the, ironically, the first guy I thought of is his teammate. 
Marcus which Semien. means you're gonna you yeah you're always right yes that would have been Marcus one of my Simeon. first three guesses yep <laughs> Marcus Simeon with 109 unbelievable separate trivia question how many games do you think he's missed over the last two and a half seasons like five Simeon yeah <laughs> he never misses a game Simeon about three years ago he he played every inning didn't he as he's a shortstop six games since the beginning of 2019 like even if he's just average production just the volume alone is valuable I I kind of when you said it, I thought it was obvious. Like that, my, my, first of all, Bichette didn't even, well, I guess 2019, he came up late in 2019. Since the all-star break, that was what it was, but the in, missed time in 2019 probably hurt. But yeah, I, Bichette was 30 behind. I mean, I'm trying to think of other names that like. Xander, I mean, Turner, Story. Keese, I thought about. Um, Turner, I thought about. Turner would have been my second guess. I thought like a sneaky guy might be Frazier or Pittsburgh because it's a lot of doubles. Um, yeah. But. You know, Frazier's 71. Yeah. So he's not even close. But yeah, I mean, Semyon. I mean, Semyon's having an amazing year. I did not think Semyon was going to do this again. But I don't know where he's going next year. Maybe he's your shortstop. Um, or maybe your short, oh, shortstop's fine. Look, actually, I, I don't have a problem with that. I'd like Semyon at short. Semyon's short and Taurus at second. I'd like that. Look, Taurus better slug better than three uh, 310 this season if he wants to be a regular player next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's now above that because he homered twice this weekend. And look, we talk about him a lot on this show because he was a top 40 player in drafts yeah. because Dave has him on a sim team and really needs him to do well. And we don't want that to happen. Yeah, I mean, Glaber Torres is slugging 328. That's not good enough. I've got a question you on, uh, for you on Semyon. So Semyon's games played right now. He's at 12 games at shortstop. Do you, does this matter to you for next year? No, doesn't at all. Because be second base only, you don't care. I don't care because shortstop is deep. And I just want the player and, 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 you know, there's a, he's having an amazing year. It's a lot of doubles, a lot of power. He's running. He's not, he, he's, he's going to end up with a career high in stolen bases. He's a 10 already. And his career high is 14. Yeah. 277 and a safe 277. This is not ba- Babip. I mean, Babip is fine. I almost think it's better if he does have the second base eligibility, just because that position to me is a little bit thinner than shortstop. But that's just my bad. I wanted to see yours because we will get asked that at the end of the year. I mean, I, I, it's nice to have a guy who can play multiple positions. It's nice. Mike Moustakas can play first, second, and third. But if he's not hitting and he's not playing, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Semi in round five or six next season, sure, it'd be nice to have dual eligibility. But if, I don't If care. he's a Yankee, are you under are you underranking him if you say fifth or sixth rounds? Certainly, I'd rather be batted left-handed, but no, because then in that lineup, I mean, he could bat second and score a million runs. Your your team is really interesting right now because, I mean, there's nothing in the outfield, and I thought, you know, Tyon looked good, but I don't know if I want to invest. And your closer is still a mess. His first pitch last night, you know, hit the backstop. Yeah, so I, I, I there's a, they're going to obviously not be sellers. I mean, Philadelphia Yankees are big markets; they have to buy, but. I don't know, man. I don't know what they end up doing. You know, they've got some, they've got, they got more minor leaguers to, to trade to, to get help, but if, the series frankly, if, they have later in the week against uh, the Red Sox in Boston, huge series. Yeah. And frankly, if LeMayo and Torres would just hit the way as it was expected, you know, and everybody was playing, they'd mm-hmm. be okay probably, but they're not. Actually, okay. then the That's Yankees all. go to Tampa. I forgot about that one. So they're, they, yeah, the answers will be, we'll have the answers a week from Thursday. Fantasy Focus Baseball has been presented by LinkedIn Jobs. We'll be here on this Thursday to talk about more baseball as the week goes on. Thanks so much to Kylie Sapi for producing and researching. Tristan, happy Cockcroft. I am Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week.